Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe. I'm a sales and marketing coach and strategist for health coaches, life coaches, and wellness professionals who want to become a leader in their field by building their online community, rocking their sales process, and finally feeling confident about how they promote themselves and their marketing. On this show, we talk about tips to grow your business, save yourself time, and finally be able to create a sustainable, profitable business. Let's get into it. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Zero to Hero Coach Program. This is my four-month program teaching coaches and online service providers how to grow your online business, book clients consistently, overcome your sales fears, and finally rock your social media visibility. If you struggle to create a sustainable coaching business, this program is for you. Check out HaleyRowe.com and book your free strategy call with my team or myself today. Thank you. We are live right now with Dr. Pat. And Dr. Pat is the best-selling author of... and. Tell me the name again. It's something about never be sick, tired, or fat, I think. No, not exactly. It is why are okay. you sick, fat, and tired? So it looks into, you know, like what's the underlying cause of okay. what's going on? Love it. So what's so exciting about you being here on the show today is that you've had quite a journey in the wellness industry. You've written a book, you've worked with clients. You're continuing to do that. And so what I want to talk with you about today is a couple things. Um, how you, as a wellness professional, have grown your business, how you've developed the mindset to be able to do that, and also some of the things that you've learned coaching and supporting and helping your clients um, shift their mindset when they think they have to be fat or sick or uh, things like that. So... First, Dr. Pat, what got you into your business and writing this book? Well, <clears throat> excuse me, going back to um, as a kid, you know, um, I never, ever, ever played the patient. You know, when you play doctor, I never was the nurse. I never was the assistant. You know, I was never, you know, anybody else but the doctor. And I always was taught you know, to kind of observe. I was a good observer. And um, I can remember laying out in the backyard at night with my father looking at the stars and he would, you know, try to explain to me, what are you seeing? You know, and I'd say stars. <laughs> and he said, you see a pattern, you know, because he was trying to teach me a little bit about astronomy and astrology. So the thing is, what's really important in, in a medical profession is to understand what um, patterns look like. So, you know, and I never thought about that being like training for my future because I'm not just a chiropractor or just an acupuncturist. I analyze, I'm a data dumper. I analyze things that are in front of me and I always am looking for a better, simpler way to go from point A to point C. And I pass that information on to patients and clients and that type of thing, you know, where I'm having conversations with people, even if they're just friends too, because they ask questions all the time, you know? So, you know, that getting started kind of happened then. And then I had this huge interest, you know, and was funneled into science 
And so it always interests me, like how, you know, chemistry worked. I wasn't really good at it um, when, you know, I was young. I, I you know, did a science project when I was nine years old. And my tea, I thought it was horrible. My father was so impressed that I actually knew the word phenolphthalein, which is an acid-based indicator that they used to, or perhaps still do, put in beer, you know, as a preservative. And what it does is it tells you something's acid or base, you know, so on the pH scale. And it's like your water's supposed to be seven, you know, on the pH. Okay. And so, um, you know, anyway, so I did it and I like, you know, entered it with elastic pickle jars that I scraped the label off of. And my father was a, uh, was a VP at the time at Allied Chemicals. So I called him up and said, I need phenolphthalein. And he brought it home. And so and then he helped me organize it so that the experiment would work a little bit better. And I brought it to school. And the, the teacher was very impressed that I did that type of study at nine years of old, nine years of age. So then, you know, as time progressed, you know, science was always easy for me. It was an easy concept. And I started taking pre-med classes, you know, and because they interest me. I was, uh, and then I ended up uh, going to chiropractic school you know, through a, um, I was not interested in being a medical doctor, but I was interested in the business aspect of medicine at one point in time and worked at the University of Michigan Hospital. I volunteered. It was one of my independent studies in college. And I never saw anybody get well. And I found it disturbing. No matter what ward I was on, the only people who were happy in the hospital were in the maternity ward. You know, and, you know, and because, you know, you have, you know, babies, everyone loves babies, you know, like all of a sudden people become like, ooh, make all those faces, you know, and it's the only place I ever saw people happy. So I thought there's got to be something wrong with this picture. And a friend of mine said, hey, you should be a chiropractor. You have all the background for it, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I went, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't like chiropractors. They're not real doctors. And. Um, so I ended up getting hurt because I was working at the same time in a restaurant on my uh, program. And um, I went to go see this chiropractor by force. My friend said, you have to go. I made you an appointment. I went in there and I thought, this is what the universe is showing me. It's showing me that if he can do it, I can do it better. Yeah. And so I went to chiropractic school and I never looked back. And, um, you know, so there's... You know, and that was like when, you know, as, as you talk about some challenges, when I opened my practice, chiropractors were not readily getting uh, referrals from medical doctors. You had to like start from scratch. You had to build your practice up or you bought into a practice that was already existing, you know, in order to do that. And you got and you had to have, a, you know, someone to, you know, as a consultant, tell you what forms you need, how to do that, and blah, blah, blah. So, but after you got that part of it done, and then you went to back to like why you went to chiropractic school, is to help people really express a higher level of health. You know, it answered, you know, it, it was totally all worth it. It all came together. It, it always does. Yeah. Wow. Well, so one of the things that stood out to me, I agree that a lot of the clients I work with come to me and say, I'm frustrated that, you know, you're being doctors and stuff are telling us to do this, but they're on medications and you're never getting better and whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the other things that stood out to me is that you had a chiropractic place and you, you had to figure out how to get your clients. So what were some ways in the early days before social media 
and having to build relationships. <laughs> what were some ways that you went about that? Well, you know, it's still the same, even with social media or without social media, you know, um, nothing, I never underestimate the power of networking. And um, I, I never underestimate the power of being bashful. And so when, you know, I would see, I would try to travel a lot. You know, one of, one of the first things I did is I would give out my cards to everybody that I would meet. Say, hey, I'm a new chiropractor in town, you know, and I said, you know, like, come on in and I'll check your back out, no charge, you know, for a consultation and evaluation. And if you feel like it's something that you need or if you know somebody that needs it, you can refer them to me and I'll give them the same, you know, courtesy. So, you know, that's one of the ways that we did it. I asked for referrals. I used to ask my patients for referrals all the time. Do you like what we're doing? You know, and nobody would say no before they got adjusted. <laughs> and, you know, and so I would give them cards with their initials on it and my initials below it in the date. And I said, this is only good for two weeks. And I said, you know, do you promise to give them to somebody who might need, you know, our services here? You know, because I have openings coming up. You know, it's usually like every third week I had like more space in my uh, calendar because I would be changing people's as they were better, I would decrease their treatment schedule. And it was like, there's always that, that a week that I had like less things going on. So I always scheduled that week for new patients to come in above and beyond what I did otherwise. Um, and I never said no to anybody. You know, I always said yes. Um, and it's like one of the things I, I always say, say yes, you know, cause it's so positive. It's just like, do I have a problem? Yes, you do. <laughs> and you know, it's just like, do you need treatment? Yes, you do. You know, I don't want to come in. I go, okay, you don't have to come in, you know, but here's my card. And if you don't feel it, it's like, you don't want to do that. Fine. You know, there's no pressure. Um, and so, and it was easy to interact. There was uh, things to volunteer for. Like the, it was a woman's um, at the community college put on a, 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 a work fair every year, a career fair for just women. And, you know, I was really, you know, just like I always wanted to be there because women need to be pushed because they always say, oh, it's not for me. Oh, my husband needs this more. You know, it's just like I can I can bear with it. You know, it's like after childbirth, if you really remember what childbirth felt like, people are like, I can bear with this. Like, no, you can't. <laughs> you don't want to do that twice. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Are you crazy? You don't want to do that. So, you know, you know, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. And if someone says no, it doesn't mean no forever. You know, and it's not personal. So you just kind of like, you know, or, you know, sometimes even ask like, what would have made you say yes? When I got to know. And so they was like, well, like what? And then you get more personal. Then you can get going deeper. And it's like, you know, like what else is really going on? Because they might need help someplace else that has nothing to do with my chiropractic practice or nothing to do with like how I do coaching now. They might need help someplace else. And I might know somebody who could get them from point A to point Z faster than them doing it themselves. You know, so I always look for ways to have conversation with people. Yes, I always go back to that too. It's about the conversations. And as they say, the more hands you shake, the more money you make, right? But also- I've never heard that before, but that's a good one. Yes. So, and I think people overcomplicate and, and they refuse to start there because they're either afraid to have a conversation or they just really, really want people to find their social media posts and come to them naturally. 
which can happen. But if you want to be, you know, building your network and growing your business and taking more of a uh, assertive role in that, you have to talk to people. So what about, and I love that you ask people, why not? Why wasn't it a yes? Because then you can learn so much from that feedback, like you said. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I've heard somebody tell me one time on Cape Cod, um, they said, I don't like New Yorkers. <laughs> I oh, just wow. said, I went, really? And um, I, we don't, you know, Cape Cod's very low. At that time was incredibly low key. And I had a lot of energy. So they, uh, people sometimes assumed I was from New York. And so I went like, no, I'm from the Midwest. We love everybody. We talk to everybody. <laughs> yes, yeah, same here. You know, yes. so it, does, it doesn't make, you know, but I can remember that someone, someone told me that. And I just was so surprised. I went, you got really? I was, I was shocked. Right. And sometimes that helps soothe your own mind because you're like, oh, that was nothing personal. They just really don't like people from New York. And they thought I was from New York. Um, so tell yeah. me about ever since you've written your book. Okay. And you, you know, you and I met on LinkedIn, which mm -hmm. is social media. And you said that you're working with a business coach. So I would love to hear from you. What are some of the things you've had to learn and some of the biggest takeaways ever since evolving to having a book and being online in your business? Well, <laughs> if you, you don't make a lot of money from being a bestseller unless you're, you know, like um, Dr. Oz. <laughs> and, you know, um, and, you know, you use it more of, you know, you got to go back, like, what was the reason why I wrote the book in the first place? And um, what I noticed was that my patients, clients would leave parts answered out of a system survey that I had. And that system survey would be intricate questions about each organ system. And so I asked them, you know, it just took an extra 20 minutes or 30 minutes when I was evaluating all the intake information that they gave me. So when I had that in front of me, I'm like, why didn't you answer this question? They go, I didn't understand it. And I went, I'm looking at it to me, it made total sense. Why, what, what about it did you not understand? And they said like, I just don't understand that this word. And so I didn't answer it. And so I thought it was better than writing down the wrong answer. I said, well, you did the right thing. You know, so then what I did is I took that my questionnaires, pieced them together and made up my own system for, um, you know, that I took from different mentors of mine and who have had health questionnaires before. And I rather combined them so that they rep were representative of each organ system. And then I had an 11 year old kid you know, help me out with the book and um, highlight any words that he didn't know or else he was, he was sitting there when I was doing it, was at my friend's house. Hey, do you know what this word means? And he would say, nope. And I said, you know, and then he'd look it up and go, and I said, give me a different word. So he was very, very helpful in that part of like that kind of editing. I thought that was cool. And, um, you know, so the, the book, you know, I had a totally different title, which I don't even remember anymore. But when, you know, the suggestion, if someone's going to write a book and do something like that, you really got to find the right publisher, you know, who believes in you. Because the first publisher that I had didn't deliver the book when he said he was going to be able to deliver the book, nor when he did try to deliver the book, I never saw it. So I didn't have time to edit it. I never had time to view it. So you, you really have to know, you know, that mistake cost me probably about, you know, nine months 
you know, because I had to go back and argue with him about getting money back and stuff like that. It just didn't work out. And he didn't want to admit that he did something wrong. So it ended up resolving. I ended up, you know, that it ended up being positive. And I ended up finding a really good publisher who's, you know, because I said to her, some of my endorsements are really long. And so she said, you know, and I'm going, shouldn't we shorten them up? And she said, Patricia, I've been in the publishing business over 20 years. You never, ever, ever shorten an endorsement, a very good endorsement, oh. you know? Mm -hmm. And she said, so we're leaving them just the way that is. Next question. <laughs> and she, But she was really good. You know, I think that it's important to really find somebody who you sync with for marketing your book when you get done, you know, and, um, there was a couple because COVID hit at the same time just after that. So the book is really apropos for this point in time because what it does is it gives you your health snapshot. It lets you, you know, take back control of your life so that you can DIY, like, where's my health? What's my health snapshot? And how do I move forward? Where do I start? Things like that. And you can take your results from the book because it's a book of questions to your appropriate provider so they can help you out and say, yep, you know what? Let's look at this. We need to take a look more at this. So especially someone who's trained in lifestyle or functional medicine, um, that's a practitioner, um, is better suited to be able to like read kind of these kind of results. But it gives people the power back to them instead of going to their physicians and saying, I don't feel good. I don't know what's the matter with me. You know, and so this gives somebody an opportunity to like at least get a picture, get look at that pattern, what we talked about first off, and see what my pat my health pattern is. Where do I have high priorities and low priorities and where is my weakest link? And if you know that, then you can do something proactive with that. Yeah. So, you know, but that's you know, that was the trial and tribulation of like the book. I'm happy, you know, I get good reviews from people who have, um, and I use my book as part of my coaching, you know, when I'm looking at, when we're talking about health, because if we're talking about mindset, it's, it works with that, but that's a different kind of hat to, um, to parlay with. Totally. Okay. So there were a couple things there. I love that you had your son look over things and see if he, used, and that's kind of a test to see if people mm -hmm. understand. That's yep. really big in marketing. I always say like, an 11 year old should be able to understand your pitch, your, you know, like you don't want to sound too clever or be too fancy because it just loses people sometimes. And then mm -hmm. the other piece that I took out of that with is, is finding somebody who really believes in you, aligns in you with you, feels like the right fit. And the last thing I wanted to ask, because if you are, um, you're somebody who has a coach who asks for help, who gets support, right? And I'd love to hear from a perspective of somebody who is a client of a business coach. How do you make the most out of that? And how do you, what do you recommend to our audience listening about like, how can they, if they're going to work with a coach, like make sure it's, it's what they want and they're moving along the way they want to move along. Like give me some um, insights there. Well, you know, one of the things is about, you know, I've looked for a business coach for eight months and or longer maybe even and um you know it's got to be somebody who you resonate with you know and you know I, I was talking to my business coach this morning and he i said to him you know i would love to be a fly on the wall and hang out with you like for about five years <laughs> and just you know because he's got such an incredible like insight you know and so and you have to be coachable so if, if you're you know, if you're like, 
if if someone's going to say something to you and you don't have thick enough skin, you know, it's just like maybe you're not ready for a business coach because you're paying somebody a lot of money to give you some feedback and you don't want to have any malarkey. I mean, it's just like it's great. We can talk about the weather for a little bit and things like that. And, you you know, for one minute, and that's it. But everything else should like flow. You should have some synchronicity, you know, things that, you know, that really fit. And, um, you know, and so when I was very fortunate because, you know, I, I really met this person in a very funny way. I missed him on LinkedIn also. And when um, I did, you know, I reached out because I was doing market research and I'm doing market research now. So if there's any entrepreneurs, busy executives, um, busy professionals that want to get more out of their day, you know, and also, you know, need to focus on balance and focus on their health, then I have some questions that, you know, anybody can reach out to me and we can share that perhaps in the, in the links for the market research part of it. Because I would really love to find out exactly what it is that makes people tick. And a, a good coach doesn't just necessarily coach. You know, you want to re really be mentored also. So like when I need an idea for this, you know, so you're sharing ideas with somebody who has your best interest at heart. Not all coaches do that. Cause I've had coaches, accountability coaches before um, that were included in a program I was with. And, you know, I dreaded having that conversation for like, it was a 10 minute. Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? There's no fun and there's no authenticity in that kind of communication. You know, and if somebody want, I want to be inspired. I want someone to like push me to my limit and then go, okay, jump. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I've done, I've done this before. You can do it too. So, you know, I think having that, um, you know, kindred soul, you know, and somebody who's walked the path or somebody who you like what they do and you would like to emulate that, or you would, you know, and, or have, you know, that kind of connection. So that's, that's a cool part of um, how I chose to, you know, like how, how did I find the person that I found to really work with? And that, that's good. Yeah. You want to, you want to find somebody who you admire their, what they're embodying. And um, I think that what you said about not just being a coach, because to me, I hear so many people um, who think of coaching as, every the client has all the answers within themselves you just ask them questions and they it pulls out of them what they know and i agree with that to a degree but i also think that's why i call myself a coach and a strategist because i think yeah. they also need they don't know all the answers about marketing they don't know yeah. the answers within themselves about sales or like something they've never done before so I think there is a delicate balance of giving advice to your clients, giving them ideas, like you said, and mentorship and mm -hmm. the coaching piece. So well, we'll go ahead. Like a coach and, you know, like when you just said that, what the word that comes to mind is like coach, strategist, seer, you know, like yeah. that fortune teller, because a lot of times when we're swimming in our own muck, you know, it's like we can see the edge, but we're just going like, what happened to the steps? You know, I could use some tele support, you know, like in like, uh, you know, Star Trek, like beam me up, Scotty, <laughs> you know, and but it's and it expedites sometimes those um, conversations and those solutions a lot faster. Two heads are better than one. Yeah, for sure. So what have been some paradigm shifts you've had working with a coach or like mindset shifts that you've had to um, 
implement or you came across recently? Um, well, you know, there's, you know, I don't know if I've had any specific paradigm shifts because I think when you're, when the students ready, the teacher shows up. And so, um, you know, so when maybe that's the paradigm shift, you know, it's like actually being like, oh, I'm ready to be the student and I'm open up to suggestion. Like yet someone's got to have a better idea, guy. <laughs> like put them in front of me and manifest that person so that, you know, you can ha have that interaction. So, um, you know, I think that if you're the mindset part of it, you have to be, you know, like, what is it? You have to, you know, sometimes work to get the clarity of what, because what you think you want isn't necessarily what you want, you know? So, and if you think it, you can have it surely, but be careful what you think, because if you get what you don't want, then you got to clean, you know, you've got another pool to come to, you know, to sort out or more other types of things. So having a coach, a mentor, you know, that aspect helps chunk down that process and cuts to the chase. And if time's money, then, you know, that's really good money worth spent, especially since you're your best investment. Yes. So, you know, that's, that's what I probably would say about that. But a paradigm shift, you know, is, you know, I think when, if you're open to ideas then anything probably could be a paradigm shift. If you haven't been doing, if you've been doing something repetitiously and it hasn't worked. Right. Yeah. A beginner's right. mindset, a student's mm -hmm. mindset. And I think um, what you just it's said funny. about the best investment you can make is on yourself. Mm -hmm. The best bet you can make is on yourself because everything is up to you. And a lot of times what I, going back to what you said about be careful about what you want or what you think you want might not be what you actually want. One thing that I see is that people say they want something, but then they have something conflicting that that is causing them to not go straight with focus energy towards that thing that they want. So for example, they want a 10 K month or whatever X, Y, Z in their business. But then at the same time in the back of their mind, they think that that's going to have to mean that they sacrifice their family or they worked whatever hours a day. And they're not they're, they're That's like pulling them away from what they say they want and because they think in the back of their mind, I don't want to do those things. So, and they have this false huh. belief that, that you don't have to do those things, but they think they do. So they're like contradicting. There's this conflicting energy. Um, well, that too, plus people have ceilings, you know, that they have, mm -hmm. I call ceilings, you know, that are structured above them, whether you're in health, business, whatever it is. And, you know, you start to do something like, you know, um, you know, I started to walk. You know, and so instead of walking in shoes that were, you know, perfect shoes to walk in that I had support, I walked in my Uggs. <laughs> and so they don't have any, they don't have any arch support. They don't have any support yeah. period. So it's just like, you're like, well, why did my feet hurt a week later? You know, and, you know, it's just like a structures function. Then how does that translate and transition up the spine? You know, so no wonder, you know, these other things happen. Or, you know, if you think about the business part of it, people hear their parents argue about money when they're growing up and then they get in the position where they start making money and they start arguing with their better halves, whoever they are, you know, about, you know, what that, how much did that cost or being stingy for whatever reason, you know, they're being frugal is a better word, I guess. 
And, um, you know, and, and then you kind of like, you know, the relationship breaks up and then you start, then you go bankrupt again. I mean, I know people that's happened to, right. you know, and it's yeah. just like, so when you hit that, it, instead of understanding that that's just an emotional ceiling. And if you can break through that, then you have exponential possibilities. Absolutely. But we always are going to have some kind of ceiling or something mm -hmm. that triggers something in that mindset of like something that you learn, like, you know, you're not supposed to have it all. You know, you're mm -hmm. supposed to be, I can remember when I was 13 years old, the woman next door who I used to babysit for told me I was going to get married, live in a house like my parents they had a typical Cape Cod house, three bedroom house upstairs was like the whole upstairs. And for a bedroom and she said and you're going to drive a Monte Carlo and have five kids and I went I don't think so oh <laughs> you know and I you know and we were sitting on the porch and there was a street that ran straight down and it became it was business I-75 and it ran into I-75 that goes from Michigan all the way up you know in Michigan all the way down to Florida and I said someday I'm getting on that road and I am leaving here you know, and I'm not coming back. And I did. I mean, that's how I ended up going to chiropractic school. It was right off I-75 in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, it's just like, you know, you're used, like, you know, when sometimes when people get challenged, they don't take the challenge. They're, you know, very resistant to it as opposed to being open to like, you know, what is that possibility? So when that ceiling's there, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, makes us feel stuck you know, I got to go take a nap, right. <laughs> you know, or I want to go eat another chocolate cookie, you know, right. kind of thing, because that's what, you know, you associate sometimes those bad feelings, you know, in those breakthroughs and not have, you know, you don't get the breakthrough because you go into old patterning. Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. So I hate to cut this short, but we got to wrap up and Dr. Oh, Pat, please tell everybody where they can find you online. Uh, well, they can find me on my website. It's uh, healthteamnetwork.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, um, which I'm sure we'll have in the show notes. If somebody wants to participate in the um, Stronger Than Medicine market research, um, I'll put a link, but it's uh, meetdrpat.as.ma forward slash STM, the definite, like the initials of Stronger Than Medicine. Um, and, you know, I'm on, I have a Facebook account business account and i also have uh i'm on instagram perfect those, those right. are my places so, so and you'll have the links for that uh haleyrow.com we're in the show notes and thank you so much thank you so much for listening to today's episode and if you liked it and want to reserve your very own free sales audit go to haleyrow.com slash strategy hyphen call to book your very own free sales audit. On the call, we'll talk more about the common concerns you get from your ideal clients, how to overcome those concerns, how to coach through objections, how to change your mindset around sales and improve your sales process so you can be closing and converting more clients. I can't wait to connect with you and go to haleyrow.com slash strategy hyphen call to take the first step. Thanks so much. Have a good day.